young people these days have actually got so much to contribute and often in the older generation leading businesses we kind of miss out on exactly how we can engage them and how we can involve them in our workforce. Let's find out how we do that today. Beyond Wellbeing, leading a thriving, generative and conscious workplace culture with Daryl Brown and Lena Mberku. Okay, today on our episode, we've got Vivek Iyani. I hope I pronounced your name right there, Vivek. And uh, yep. he's a global millennial keynote speaker and uh, has been uh, around at some recent wellbeing conferences that we've been a part of. And we really wanted him to get on, get on uh, our uh, podcast today to talk about uh, millennials and their involvement in our workforce and uh, yeah, to really, to really see how we can help um, them be engaged and to to bring the best into our workplaces. So welcome, Vivek. Great to have you uh, here with us today. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you, Lena. Happy to be here. How did you actually get involved in um, the work that you do in terms of coaching and motivating and, and talking talking to people? Well, you know, in Singapore, we have uh, two years of uh, compulsory national service. So we are enlisted into the army. And uh, well, in the army, what because I was uh, fit, I was put into a leadership school, uh, which was uh, six months of uh, grueling training. And after that, uh, they posted me as an instructor for the new recruits, right, uh, who, who would be coming in. And I was actually in charge of the obese recruits uh, back at the time. And uh, they had always a six month program. So our main focus for these recruits uh, who are obese are basically to help them, you know, give them a fitness regime so that, you know, they exercise and lose weight and become fitter. I teach them, uh, this is like their chance to really, uh, you know, uh, overcome all of those challenges that they've had because we control their diet, we control the exercise regime. It's very regimented. So it's one of those breakthroughs for them because they are in the environment that, you know, uh, gives them the kind of performance. So uh, that actually, uh, you know, inspired me to go into the coaching line. And uh, I started off with schools after that and started uh, coaching youth. You know, I was always very fascinated by how people are, you know, uh, going into careers that, you know, because their parents, I'm, I'm from India, uh, originally and uh, you know even in our society it's about you know being a doctor engineer lawyer you know those are the those are the renowned uh, professions and I was always always very fascinated how people would you know just join the bandwagon even though they're not really interested in that particular subject because of a prospectus of a very uh, you know beautiful career which unfortunately <laughs> or fortunately uh, may not be the case for uh, most people, definitely in my generation, at least. Yeah. So um, that leads us into the the conversation around millennials. And um, I, I know in some organisations that might have, um, let's say, an older or some would say more mature leadership or whatever, that, that there are some issues with, with trying to get... Um, engagement out of millennials and even sometimes some sort of productivity out of them but what can you say 
um, that can inform us of some of the some of the great things that millennials bring to the workforce and to the workplace. Um, yeah, that perhaps haven't been considered. Well, I'll start with the obvious ones. Well, uh, millennials, are, of course, uh, they are the tech generation. They are the digital natives, as uh, you know, many people have uh, referred to them. So they are very good at technology. And um, the, the good thing that they can bring, right, which uh, sometimes may not be considered because of their lack of experience, you know, uh, is that you can actually be more productive by using technology uh, instead of less productive. But how it comes across to the older generation sometimes is that, oh, you just don't want to do it my way. You just want to be lazy about it. Right. And uh, that that can actually, you know, that is actually a cause of uh, certain conflicts as well. Like, why can't we just do it the way that has been established? And millennials are like, but we can do it much faster using technology. Why aren't we using it that way? That's more efficient. Right. So technology is something that, you know, for them, it's like a sixth sense. Right. They understand they're always, uh, you know, probing into new technology. What are the cooler things that can be done? How can we make this faster uh, and more effective? So. Uh, Right off the bat, right, uh, you, you definitely know that this young generation is able to bring that peace, right? Even when the COVID-19 struck, right, uh, a lot of the managers were relying on millennials to help set up this system and how do we get all of this uh, safe distancing measures in place using technology, how do we have meetings? And, you know, they really put the young ones in charge because for them, it's almost like a success, right? They really understand that well. And... Um, uh, on top of that, you know, millennials, uh, one of the key things that they feel like they also bring to the table is um, a lot of fresh ideas. They have an outsider's perspective when they are coming in. So they're not too trained in the system to the point where they all think the same way. So they like to challenge. They like to negotiate. They like to really bring about different uh, vantage points to uh, as, a, as a solution to the different challenges that a workplace has. So that's also something that, you know, if, but the key thing is you have to be willing to give them a voice. You have to be willing to listen to them, even if they have no experience, you have to be willing to experiment. So if the leaders are open to such ideas, uh, you can really bring out a lot from, uh, you know, this generation. So you're saying bring out a lot. Um, I know that you have actually come up with a, a process, a maximizer uh, process to actually uh, help uh, managers or leaders get the most out of millennials. Would you be uh, willing to share that with us? Sure. So I call it the millennial maximizer process. Uh, it's basically uh, to help leaders, uh, so managers, supervisors, to really uh, engage with the millennials on their team. And there are key, uh, three key things that you want to achieve. Right? First is to understand the challenges that millennials face uh, in their personal life and their professional life as they enter the workforce. That's number one. Right. Uh, most managers, uh, because they cannot empathize with millennials, they don't even uh, look into what are the challenges they had. Right? They're like, uh, I had it this way, so this is how I'm going to be engaging and managing you as well. Right? So first thing, understand what are the challenges millennials have. Secondly, understand what motivates the older generation may not motivate the millennial generation uh, equally. So uh, really understanding what motivates this generation specifically is very important so that you know, uh, you can get the most out of them. You can get them really juiced up about the work that they're doing. Right? And lastly is to leverage the strengths that they bring to the table. So uh, different millennials have different strengths, 
right? And being able to leverage their strengths only comes after you've built a friendship with them, you've built a relationship with them, and you really know what they're good at and what they bring to the table. So uh, these are the three key things. And um, how do we achieve it is where the millennial maximizer process comes into place. So uh, we talk about fuel, right? So there are seven fundamentals. So I'll start with the first one. Uh, first one is fuel, which is um, why, right? So we always know Simon Sinek has made this uh, popular concept as well. Start with why. So um, it's like a car, right? If you want to drive, definitely you need money. I mean, you need you need fuel, right? Uh, so so, but money is the fuel here. You are not driving to get more fuel. You're driving to reach a destination. So. A lot of companies, they say, let's aim for these targets and let's get this money, but that's just fuel, right? So you wouldn't drive a car to another destination to just get more fuel. You want to go to another destination so that it achieves a certain purpose, right? So what is that purpose? That's very important. Uh, second is uh, freedom. So millennials definitely uh, are huge advocates of uh, work-life balance, uh, work-life boundaries, as they call it these days, because uh, it's no longer about, uh, most of us are, I guess, uh, practicing, you know, working from home as well. So it's about how do you have that boundary so that you can have time for work and time for home and things like that. Uh, we have uh, the forward framework, which is uh, about growth. So uh, one of the common complaints I hear from managers is that the millennials are very impatient to grow, right? And uh, and that's, that's part of uh, their psyche because they've literally grown up. Uh, you know, seeing the iPhone change every two years, the software updated every few months. So they also tend to relate that back into uh, their selves, right? So they, they feel like I should also be, you know, promoting or, you know, seeing some kind of increase, right? So they want to always have a forward framework of how am I going to be improving in my career, right? Next, we have a frequent feedback, right? So frequent feedback is basically about having uh, a manager who is more like a coach and a mentor and uh, who will actually guide you through. So all throughout uh, the millennials education, right, we had school guidance counselors, we've had parents who are very supportive, helicopter parents, they call them, right? Now uh, we've had people who've been very, very strongly uh, advocating the millennial growth, right? Like, tell me what I can do to help you succeed. And when they go into the workforce, they get a culture shock, right? Because the managers are like, you're here, no, you got to get your things done. If you don't get it done, then you know that's problems. So that becomes a culture shock. So having these frequent feedback sessions, uh, which is not a common thing previously. Right? Last time it used to be annual, and then maybe quarterly performance reviews. But having something on a weekly basis is more of what you know millennials want, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be long. It just have to be regular touch-ups uh, touch uh, with one another. So frequent feedback is very important. Um, on top of that, we're also looking at futuristic. So uh, we're looking at companies with processes that are not too rigid, right? Uh, they have technology and they are looking at new ways. So for example, when you're looking at recruiting, are you recruiting the same old way that you used to recruit 10, 20 years ago, right? Or are you looking at the latest way? So social media recruiting is one of the cool things that you can do to get new talent in. So are you leveraging on these new processes? Are we looking at newer ways to do the same old things more efficiently, right? Uh, then it's about fun, right? Do you have a fun working environment, right? So uh, you can do a lot of things today because uh, startups have made fun the in thing. So 
places like Google, Facebook, of course, they are the giants today, but even startups have, you know, um, models, you know, behind these giants and say that we want work to be a place where you feel comfortable, uh, where you can take your, your shoes and your socks off, work in your own comfort, wear whatever you want, right? Because what you wear doesn't affect how you write the emails and do your work. And uh, so creating a fun environment is something that's very special uh, for millennials. And uh, last but not least, we have friendship, right? So friendship is basically the importance of building not just, you know, uh, a very uh, professional relationship, but really going deeper than that. So spending time outside of work as well, right? So uh, being a friend means you, you mingle, you socialize, right? You have, you have friends, right? Uh, one of the key problems with uh, the workplaces is work is work and, uh, you know, friend is friend. But millennials are a lot more informal that way. So they really like to have uh, this to be more of like a place where they really feel like they're working with their friends. Like it's, it should feel like project work back in the university. So these are a few things that I believe that if, uh, if companies can get these processes uh, straight up and, you know, tidied up, they will definitely um, become an employer of choice for millennials. I imagine um, that many of those Fs uh, could actually be mm -hmm. applied and and benefit any any workplace, couldn't they, across the board, regardless of your age as well. But that's quite specific there. Now, what's as we go another step to understanding the millennial mindset and where they are, you've kind of... Um, helped us before just in naming a bit of a crisis that's going on in their lives so perhaps you could step us through what's going on for them and how we can understand some of the issues that are facing them there yeah so this is one of the key things that i think managers need to get good at which is identifying uh what we call a quarter life crisis it's very similar to midlife crisis uh, the only difference is instead of happening in your late 30s and 40s, this happens more towards your your mid-20s, right? So around 25, your late 20s would be a time where millennials would have already have gotten a job. They've been working for a few years now. Uh, they've uh, And they've seen the work life. They are getting adjusting. They're adjusting themselves to becoming a full-grown adult and all of those things. Uh, but um, they have a lot of issues uh, that, lying below the surface so so first is about uh, you know uh, is this career the right thing that I want to do so some of them uh, are in the job because you know they've studied so hard and this is the end goal was to be able to earn an income right uh, a very good income stable income and uh, they realized but this is not what I enjoy doing this is not what I really like to do right so how do I then uh, move this uh, to something totally different something that I'm passionate about, but I can also earn a profit in, right? How do I uh, switch careers? How do I start my own business? These are kind of questions that they will have. And if they don't find, if they don't identify, right, what their path is going forward, if they don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, they feel um, a little depressed. Uh, they, they feel disengaged at the workplace, right? They go through the emotions, right? So every day you wake up, go to work, do your work, come back, and then it's a repeat over and over again. Uh, are you happy? No. Are you smiling on your way to work? No, right? Are you engaging with your colleagues and uh, all of those things happily? Probably not, right? So that is one, and that's just one aspect of it, the career, right? Second is uh, relationships. So uh, 20s are usually the time, especially in Asia, right? In your 20s is the time where uh, 
I guess most of them are looking for their life partner, right? So for those who have decided that they want to have a family, right, they are looking for the one person. And uh, if they don't find that one person or if they're going through bad relationships, then this becomes another key factor that managers should realize and understand is an important part in this phase of their life. So uh, finding that partner and, you know, having that portion settled is very important for them. Thirdly, it's about friendships, right? So as, uh, you know, millennials all get busy with work and look towards uh, career excellence, they are focusing a lot of their time in building their career, right? They, they actually, you know, they give up the time that they have with the friends. So work becomes more important, right? Family becomes more important, but uh, the friendships, they go through a dip. And sadly, uh, a lot of the individuals are very well connected on social media, but they don't have a real friend that they can go to, to have deeper conversations, uh, to have uh, conversations about mental wellness, to have conversations about how life is, what are the challenges that they're facing, to have someone to support you when you're down and to support someone when they are down, right? That kind of strength in relationships is not there, right? Uh, at this moment, it's all about let's go to the cool parties and let's go and have fun. But uh, after all of that party, right, when you're going back home, you still feel lonely, right? So that is something that, you know, the millennials also are facing. And managers need to know these are the key issues that these uh, individuals are facing in their 20s because if you can identify it, if you can be a mentor for them, then it would make uh, so much of a difference when it comes to engaging them at the workplace. You mentioned a few things that might affect uh, millennials' mental health. Um, I'm wondering, what do you think are millennials' attitudes toward well-being? Is this something that is a priority for them? Would you say that they are quite aware of it? Do you, do you think that they are resourced? What are your views on uh, millennials and well-being? Well, I believe that they do want to uh, have uh, well-being as much as possible. But the question is, how do, how do uh, they feel supported in uh, you know, practicing well-being? Right? They will only be able to practice well-being if the organization right, also practices an environment that supports well-being. So, for example, um, you know, uh, if you are struggling, right, and you have some issues that you want to raise, if the, uh, if the environment around you, if your boss or the people at, at work are not conducive, if it's not a conducive uh, place or environment to speak about such things, uh, to, to bring up issues where when you bring it up, they get shot down or they get brushed aside or they get thrown under the carpet, then uh, mental wellness will not thrive, right? And then they might need to find a coach or a counselor on their personal basis uh, to, you know, uh, be able to cope, right? So uh, having strategies to cope with stress, uh, being able to say that I am uh, not at my best at this point in time is something that comes when the environment actually encourages that. So we need to really uh, develop this. It's not about uh, do you want mental wellness? No one will say no to mental wellness, right? It's about how are leaders allowing, you know, mental wellness, uh, you know, creating an environment that encourages mental wellness. That's what we need to really focus on because if, if I have issues and I have no one to turn to, then um, that place is not really helping me much, right? So we need to be able to create that kind of environment. You're saying that no one would say no to mental wellness, and yet you can see that in some organizations they do provide programs and they do provide EAP, and yet some employees would not attend. So I, w I was wondering, is there something that 
you'd have to say about that, like about the lack of engagement in the solutions that are actually offered? The reason why most people don't attend is at that point in time, it does just is not a priority, right? Uh, number one is if, it, if things are not a priority for them at that point in time, then they wouldn't look it. Like if you're not depressed or if you've not been able to diagnose yourself as someone who's depressed or who's going through certain challenges, uh, you're going through anxiety, right? Uh, you would not pay attention to the opportunities that are being provided, right? And um, this will only happen to people who are at a phase or at a, at a point in time where they realize, oh no, I am going through certain things and I think I need to learn some strategies to cope, right? So for those who are in the, they are experiencing the burnout, they are experiencing the challenges, that would then uh, track them, right? Uh, that would be one. If they, if they are somehow going through those kind of challenges and still not pick, taking up what the company has to offer, then probably it has to do with, uh, with the, the thinking around, oh, how would people perceive me, right? If I were to declare that I am, you know, going through anxiety, right? Would it affect my performance? So again, right, if that, if that feeling that, you know, I'm not able to, to be myself authentically, I'm not able to share myself authentically and because it will affect my career moving forward then uh, they wouldn't show up as well because they didn't they wouldn't want that that label oh this person has issues and issues yeah it's yeah. certainly a challenge uh, there's other sorts of communication issues too um, or the way that technology has changed communication seems to have affected I can remember as a teenager I had some difficult relationships with females in terms of communicating emotions and so sometimes we would resort to writing little notes because it was easier to write a note than to say the words eye to eye you know but similarly yeah. now I, I know even for my son and uh, a, a few others that I hear about that um, the hard work <laughs> yeah, the hard work's either done on a swipe or you kind of do it by uh, by text. So there's text, this kind yeah. of like, there's difficulties in, um, can you talk through, I don't know, how we approach that, some ways that we can, um, you know, become authentic and authentic face-to-face, -face, like manage and how we manage conflict and, and that kind of thing or difficult issues. Well, the reality is today a lot of them they they get attached online and they break up off online as well right even that that um, you know meeting and and you know uh, having that physical contact is is lesser because they they uh, make things official uh, on an online space and millennials have grown up you know uh, in uh, having an identity uh, right on in the online space they've been interacting in the virtual world uh, almost all their lives as well so um and it, in fact, uh, this is something that we've also observed that they run away from phone calls and, you know, they're very um, afraid of having conversations with people who are strangers uh, because uh, it requires small talk. And, right, and these are the skills that actually they need to pick up on, right? Being able to hold a conversation with a stranger without going through anxiety, without thinking, oh, no, what am I going to say next? How am I going to hold this conversation without it becoming awkward? How am I going to, you know, uh, make the person uh, feel comfortable with me, right? So all of these uh, questions are there. And because they've spent so much time on the online space, they are really good at navigating the online platforms. But when it comes to the social interactions, yes, they do struggle. And it is a struggle, especially when, and when it comes to relationships, right? How do I have difficult conversations with people? 
right? So even breaking up is like you just they just ghost, right? So they just disappeared because they can't have that difficult conversation with the other person, uh, or they do it all, uh, you know, uh, via chat, which is not the best way to uh, deal with people. When you're dealing with people, you have to understand, right? This is there's feelings involved, there's emotions involved, and all of these things are very important. And uh, the, the, the only gap that I see is that they don't know how to do it. They've not been in an environment where they've had to confront people. They've always been avoiding confrontation or they do it uh, through technology, right? They do it through an app. So, so uh, having difficult conversations, uh, building up social skills, uh, reading facial expressions, uh, reading body language, right? Uh, understanding the differences in uh, vocal tonality, all of these are really human skills that need to be picked up so that you can have better connections and better relationships with one another, right? Uh, what can we do uh, as companies? We can definitely uh, encourage uh, by, you know, giving them the training. We have to pick up the slack. We have to give them the training. We have to get them, uh, you know, more and more focused on uh, building these skill set because these skills help you everywhere you go, right? It's something that stays with you. So definitely building up that skill set uh, to having more better human interactions, like being able to negotiate, being able to persuade, being able to communicate effectively. All these skills are very important, and uh, we need to we need to teach that to them. That's, that's my take. I was wondering, as we coming close to wrapping up, if you'd have any practical, simple tips that um, that managers could uh, apply maybe tomorrow that would make a difference in how they are treating their staff, especially millennials. Okay, so when it comes to um, treating the staff, uh, first thing we have to understand is uh, managers can start by sharing the challenges that they face in their 20s or when they face when they started out because um, most of the time these conversations don't happen naturally. Right. And it usually takes either an event or an incident to really bring up such conversations. But if managers are able to make it a point to share certain challenges that they face and how they overcame those kind of challenges back in their days, right, that would also help the millennials to open up about the challenges that they are facing in their workplace. Right. It's not uh, it's not like you must open up immediately, but having that that kind of practice where you start sharing not just all about your successes, but also about your failures and how you cope with those kind of failures, definitely uh, add depth. Now, when you think about a leader, right, who really inspires you, who really motivates you, who really makes you feel like, I want to work for this person, I want to make him proud, right? Uh, you don't think of someone who has a great technical skill. You think of someone who is able to relate with the person, someone who, who has impacted you emotionally, right? And that kind of emotional, um, uh, you know, what do you call it, that kind of bond is only built when you share stories with one another. And as leaders, right, if you want to inspire change, if you want to engage with people, you need to be able to share stories, right? Uh, back in my day when I was, uh, you know, uh, doing all these coaching with uh, the obese recruits, right, uh, after an exercise session, right, we would come back together, we'll huddle together, and then we will start sharing experiences, right? How did you feel? Did you feel like you wanted to give up in the last part, right? Or when it was going to be very draining? How did someone, what did someone do that really motivated you and felt like I'm just going to finish this together with the team, right? All of these stories need to be shared. And if the stories are not shared, that bonding doesn't take place. And when the bonding doesn't take place, the relationship just stays professional at best, 
right? So we want to go beyond that. You want to build a rich and meaningful relationship with the people that you're working with so that, you know, you stay friends. Even if you're not working in the same company, you stay in touch with one another. And that's what it's all about, right? It's about working in a place where you feel uh, attached, you, where you feel like you belong, where you feel happy, where you feel like the work you do has a purpose. All of this contributes to engaging uh, employees, engaging millennials, and definitely, you know, sharing stories is one of the best ways to, to get started. Speaking of sharing stories, you're, um, you're just wrapping up writing a, a manuscript. So the, the, you've got a, um, something coming out that we can read soon. Is that, is that the idea? I have a book coming up. It's called Engaging Millennials, uh, right? The, uh, the seven fundamentals to recruit, reward, and retain the largest generation in the workplace. So uh, it's uh, probably coming out early next year. It's being published by Penguin Random House. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to sharing more as well. Uh, but as of now, this is all I have. This is all the details I have at the moment. But this is where I share with you know managers about how you can really make the best of this generation. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for um, coming along and, and sharing your your insights with us. I mean, it's quite profound, and and to have a specialist that can kind of feed into our workplaces and and as we look. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, as we look at people with difference within our organisations, it's good to be able to recognise the special uh, challenges that are faced and ways that we can enter their worlds a bit more easily. So, um, so fantastic. Thank you for, uh, for sharing that with us. And thank you for having this platform because I know it's so important for leaders and employees and managers to really understand the importance of taking care of their own well-being, what it means to have well-being uh, at the workplace. So thank you for having this platform and doing this. How do people stay in touch with you? Is, is there some uh, website links or uh, some special ways to stay in touch with you? So yes, you can reach me uh, on my website. It's uh, com. So that's V-I-V-E-K-I-Y-Y-A-N-I.com. Right? You can reach me there. Or you can always find me on uh, any of the socials. Just type in my name and you'll be able to locate the full name. Yeah. Yeah, you got quite a unique name there. That's excellent. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. Th thank you again for uh, for being with us. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you, Lena. You've been listening to Beyond Wellbeing with Daryl Brown and Lena Mberku. So Vivek Iyani, V-I-V-E-K-I-Y-Y-A-N-I. That's how you'll find Vivek's work. And, of course, you can get in touch with Lena Mberku on LinkedIn or via her website at macroleaders.com.au or myself, Daryl Brown. You can uh, search me up on LinkedIn and I'm also at upsidedownleader.com. If you enjoy uh, the podcast, please share it around and um, we look forward to uh, chatting with you again next week.